0: Hey everybody! Welcome to Up North Live Hive. I'm Lauren, and I'm Roxanne, and we are giving you all the buzz around Northern Michigan. Well, this is the intro buzz because this is like our first real podcast. Our we're going to f- see first podcast. See if we can swing this, and
1: uh, I hope it goes better than my night last night. I went to go do a load of laundry and had no detergent, but instead of <laughs> not doing laundry. I googled. No, you did not. Yes, I did. I googled what you can use instead of laundry detergent. You know we're out of quarantine, right? Yes, but I really didn't want to go anywhere last night. I was just not. It wasn't on my agenda. So I tried baking soda and a little drop of Dawn. I don't smell today.
0: I don't smell. No, you fresh I'm, clothes. You look great. I, it seemed to work. I mean, so no, like. I feel like I would have made my washing machine explode with bubbles. Nope. I just did a little drop See, and then half a cup of baking soda. I'm one of those people where I'm always like, you need just a little bit more. I'm practically a pioneer now. <laughs> <laughs> so, But you survived the pandemic without making your own that's, laundry detergent. That's the thing, though, because
1: during the pandemic, I was picking up and stocking up, and I had you know, several weeks worth of items. And now I've got all these canned goods I'm never going to use. And I had detergent and now I'm
0: out because I'm I'm using up all my resources. I'm I'm impressed. I'm really impressed. But you said you didn't want to go anywhere. This is the time of year in Northern Michigan where I don't want to go anywhere because we have lots of of lovely visitors. So it's a little bit harder to get around. It's Cherry Festival. You either embrace it and love it
1: or you find... A way to deal with it, otherwise, you know. Just yeah,
0: I'm a, I'm a dealer, unfortunately. Same. Like and I love having everyone here, and like this year is so great just because everyone is just so excited for summer and to be in. It was kind of
1: cool seeing like even the carnival though driving in because yeah. I mean last year at this time I think we were the only ones on the road because we and it was work still. It so. was sad
0: because you know that this is happening every year and you know people are so excited to come to Traverse City and. As someone that lives here, you take great pride in that. Right. Um, even if you don't want to be in the middle of the madness. So when
1: you see the people here now, it, after what we've all been through, it does make you look at things a little different?
0: Well, I'm just happy for businesses, and I'm happy that right. we can all be out and doing things again. I mean, it. we want to interact with, with one another as humans, for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> okay, well... That aside, today we're going to
1: talk about um, somebody who really has something to think about. how it helps every other helps everyone else think about things?
0: Yeah, how the, she has an amazing approach to life and just really puts everything into perspective. Uh, 2004 Cherry Queen. She is back from Minnesota, but she's a Michigan girl, and she just really has she has a story that. A story, and but really more than anything, an outlook, I right. think, that puts things into perspective. Yes,
1: and it also anyone else going through hard times might learn something from her on how to see a different side of things. Every, obstacles don't have to be obstacles.
0: Yeah, and just making the best out of what some would consider a bad situation. So, we want to introduce you to the 2004 Cherry Queen, Maggie Schneider. Hello. Hi, how are you? <laughs> we are awesome. It's thank you just so much for joining us we are so glad to have you you're our very first guest
2: oh are you serious
0: yeah so <laughs> you are helping us launch this thing um i'm lauren by the way i'm hi Roxanne. hi <laughs>
1: and you I... thought the fairy queen was going to be your only thing on your resume like now you're the first guest of our podcast yeah
0: Well, we'll chip in some royalties when we're rich and famous <laughs>
2: I feel so honored, thank you. Uh, well, you're also our guinea pig, so well, yeah, that's okay. You can circle
0: back and let us know if it was an honor at the end. Fair. <laughs> All right, so we just uh, introduced everybody to you, um, okay. you know, we were just talking about what an honor it is. Cherry Festival of course is back in a back and better than ever this year after. Uh, a little hiatus last year because of you know that darn pandemic thing. Oh uh, was- yeah. <laughs> um, but we just we are so impressed, Maggie, with your story and just your commitment to the Cherry Festival, but also your commitment to a number of different causes based on what you've been through. We did not tell anyone your story, so oh, we want you to do that. Okay can you tell us one just about being the cherry queen back in 2004 what are
2: you of course um so i actually ran for cherry queen twice um and the first year i will fully admit i was completely unprepared um i think a lot of people have a perception of um the national cherry queen as you know a, a pageant uh um uh, I don't know, just that stereotypical, um, pageant perspective, I guess you could say. Um, and I had that too. And I'm like, Oh, this is going to be a breeze. Well, that was not the case at all. I came in completely unprepared. Um, the girls were intelligent. They were well-spoken. They were educated um, the best part is they were kind and they were supportive and they wanted the other girls to do well. Um, they of course wanted to win. <laughs> I mean, that's why you were there. Right. Um, but you made a lot of really good friends and you made a lot of good friends that were driven like you were. Um, and so that was kind of a slap in the face to me. Cause I'm like, wow, I, I, I completely underestimated this. Um, and so I came in the next year prepared. Um, I worked really hard at at myself basically, um, to, you know, learn not just about the industry, but just how to present myself and, and just better myself, I guess. Um, and I went in and I, I had such a good time the year before, despite being completely and totally ill-prepared. Um, I went in and said, you know what, I had such a good time last year that's what this is going to be. I made great friends the year before I'm going to do the same. Um, I had the privilege of, uh, being the roommate the first year I ran, um, with Kelly Plazinski, who was named Cherry Queen that year. (laughs) So, um, and she's still a really, really close friend. Um, and then, uh, you know, it, it, the second year, it just it felt very different i felt prepared i felt more like myself i didn't feel like i was um not necessarily faking anything but just trying a lot harder than i needed to um i just felt like me you know like i i felt like i was more comfortable in my skin so um i
0: learned so a lot of really amazing lessons as a young woman, you know, just talking about being in a supportive environment and being able to to be yourself, to feel like you and just ha- how to present yourself.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and that is actually one of the best lessons I think that you can take away from this. And this is why, you know, I would encourage any, any young woman who is eligible to, to run, to run for Cherry Queen. It's not about winning. And under, sorry, <laughs> sorry. go I, ahead. I was going to say
1: what other, there was a really having that in the beginning with the friendship and the baseline, did that help you as you struggled with some other things that were about to come your way?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, because I mean, ultimately I didn't get to do a lot of the things that the other cherry Queens got to do. Um, but I also got to do a lot more things. <laughs> <All> right, <laughs> um, you
0: go a little? Yeah. Talk to us about like, so you're crowned, yep. you're crowned fairy queen in 2004. Just yes. talk about, talk about, cause you know, you, it's a year long reign, so to speak.
2: Yeah, <laughs> is that, it is. Um, um,
0: talk to us about, that was a big year for you. So talk to us about that year.
2: Yeah. So I was going into my senior year in college. I was so excited Um, you know, this is something that I had wanted since I was in first grade when I was little cherry princess for Willow Hill. You know, my name was drawn out of a hat and my parents had to make a float. Um, they were thrilled. Um, (laughs) and, um, I went into my senior year and I went to all the festivals that summer. Um, I was having the best time. I really, um, I cannot even tell you how happy I was. It just truly was, um, one of the best moments, at least up until that point of my life. Um, and then in November, uh, right after Thanksgiving, I was driving back to the university of Michigan after Thanksgiving, um, visiting my parents and I ended up hitting what we believe was uh, black ice under an overpass. Uh, and I rolled my car eight times going, oh, yeah. uh, About 75, 80 miles an hour on the freeway. Um, You goosebumps, Maggie. (laughs) Yeah. I was wearing my seatbelt. I would not be alive without it. Um, And I had really significant injuries. Um, Quick rundown. This is not a full list. But um, I broke uh, my right ankle pretty substantially. Um, Had a cracked pelvis. A broken tailbone, uh, broke five right ribs, which punctured my lung. Um, I let's see. I broke both hands. I had a broken collarbone. I broke my upper jaw. I had a oh. concussion. Um, but the worst of all of my injuries without question was my left leg. Um, I had shattered my femur into six pieces kind of at the base of it where, uh, the femur is, uh, kind of where the knee, the knee and the theme, you know, basically where the knee is, um, (laughs) it dislocated the knee. Um, and I tore an artery. Um, and so it was a, it was an emergency. It was a critical situation. Um, do
0: you remember the crash? I know so many people that have been through trauma like that. They, they don't have any recollection of it.
2: You know what? I, I remember knowing it was going to happen but i don't remember the crash and to be completely candid for for several months i would have awful panic attacks um, i was like inconsolable i would i, I would freeze um, because i was so scared that i would remember the crash yeah, and it wasn't that i could remember it it was that i was scared i was going to Yeah. And somebody told me, um, one of my doctors said, um, you know what? You were knocked out right away. Um, you were kind of like a rag doll. It's why your limbs were injured and not your, you know, your, your, I guess your main body. Um, and your body just didn't, your brain didn't process the memory. So it's not going to come back. And that gave me so much relief Mm-hmm. That the it really the panic attacks really started to go away, um, but that was something that was really scary. I thought I was going to remember everything, but I do remember bits and pieces. Um, I remember first responders. Um, I remember them asking me like my name and um, if my parents worked at or if my parents owned Château Grand Travers, so I worked there. And I was wearing a sweatshirt (laughs) and and so I'm like, no, (laughs) I was very confused. Um,
1: and so, knew what you knew you were talking to them. And so you remember that part. Yep. I do remember remember that part. You you don't remember remember
2: them telling me I was going to be okay, that they were going to take good care of me. Um, Mm. I remember Midland hospital. This happened on us 10 by Midland. Um, and I remember my cousin lived there. And the one thing I remember from that hospital is seeing my cousin Chrissy. And I don't remember any pain. Um, sure. I know I was in pain, um, but I don't, I remember her face. And that's it. Well, that must and, have been so comforting for you in, in that
0: moment just to have someone that you know and you love in your presence.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And we were close anyway, but it just, Um, I I'm much more concerned about what it did to her. Um, but I, I desperately hope she knows what a comfort she was to me in that moment. Um, because that's what I remember. Um, and then the very last thing I remember for four or five days is the sound of the helicopter taking me to Hurley hospital in Flint, which is a major trauma in hospital.
0: Wow. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it is. <laughs> as a senior in high school, I mean, you're still coming or excuse me, senior in college, you're still yeah. coming to your own. You're a young person. I mean, you're you're figuring out what you want to do with your life. Like yeah. that is a major life incident for anyone, let alone a young person that is yeah. coming into their own. So how, you know, how did this I don't want to say define you, but maybe change your trajectory a little bit?
2: Oh boy, a lot. Um, so my degree, um, from Michigan is in music performance. Um, I have a degree in French horn performance, um, but I broke both hands and I broke my jaw. Um, luckily, uh, the jaw didn't need any, any, um, surgery or anything. It just kind of healed and my bite changed, but you know, that's something that I can relearn. Um, and, Luckily, I had the most incredible hand surgeon in Traverse City, um, who gave me my hands back and they work just amazingly. Um, but I, I still can't play like I did. Uh, and so realistically, you know, being a professional player was not going to happen. Um, and so I, I had to think about other things, but, um, before I could do that, I had to heal. Um, you know, the, the misnomer about major car accidents is, you know, you break a bone or you tear a ligament or you have a concussion or whatever it may be and you heal and you go on with your life. And that is absolutely not what happens. Um, when it's bad, it defines every moment of your life for potentially the rest of your life. Um, and that is absolutely what is going to happen to me. And I had to come to terms with that. Um, and it took a really, really long time. Um, so I graduated from college. It took, um, an extra year. I, I took a year off. Um, but then I found, um, you know, blood donation. I received a lot of blood. Um, and I found that I really enjoyed, it was kind of cathartic to talk about it. Um, I'm a talker anyway, <laughs> which is probably why I won Cherry Queen. <laughs> and <laughs> I
0: um <laughs> you have the I, best I, laugh. I'm laughing, like you just your laugh makes me smile.
2: Good. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, and so I I found, you know, really being able to like thank donors and tell my story and explain why blood donation was so important um, was, was really, really cathartic. And so what was then Michigan, or Michigan blood, um, I would speak for them. And then when I moved to Minnesota, I found Memorial blood centers, which is our local blood community, our community blood center. Um, and then I ended up, um, getting a job with them and I'm still working for them. Um, and so I get to promote blood donation and saving lives, every day and I get to tell my story. Um, and everybody's sick of my story here, me included. And so, um, you know, we find new people to tell their stories and, you know, you get to hear about what an incredible impact, um, you know, one, one very simple donation can have on, you know, um, families and, people who are ill or injured and, and not only them, but everybody who cares about them and loves them. Um, and it's a really special, special job. Um, and so, um, now what is varsity in Michigan? Um, I am thrilled to be able to, to work with them as well. Um, and just promote blood when I'm back in Traverse city, um, for Cherry Festival this year.
1: With it being, you know, more than 15 years ago now, what, what kind of impact do you have still injury wise? I know that you're planning on running for the Cherry Festival, correct?
2: (laughs) Yes. Um, I would say, um, scurrying as fast as I can. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if running would be the right word. (laughs) That's so bad. I can do. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. You scurry (laughs) away, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) So um, I do have um, a lot of uh, kind of continuations of injuries. Um, So a lot of my injuries were um, related to infection and complications. Um, And that is something that kind of stays with you. Um, So my hands are doing really, really well. So I'm not really concerned about those right now. Um, Concussion, pretty good. Not bad. Um, but my right ankle, um, needs a total ankle replacement, but that we're putting on hold as long as possible. Uh, because a couple years ago now, uh, my left leg, uh, finally gave out. We had done, oh gosh, I don't even know how many salvage surgeries. We really tried to keep my leg and in hindsight, I, I wouldn't have done that. Um, but at the time it felt right. And so I'm not faulting myself for it. It felt like the right decision. Um, you know, my leg got me through 15 years of, of trials and, and doing the 5k, even though I was walking and, um, it got me through, you know, working full time, you know, disability to going back to work full time and being able to kind of, rejoin society. And, um, but it, it finally gave out and ended up having a ankle fusion, uh, which then got infected, which was not a surprise because that had been infected before. Um, and unfortunately with, um, limited blood flow in that ankle, um, the infection was, uh, spreading and I was just, not in a position to fight it anymore. My hemoglobin kept dropping. I needed more blood. Um, and so, um, I made the decision to amputate the lower, my lower left leg. Um, and to be totally honest, it was the scariest decision I think I've ever made. Um, it was my decision. Um, but I, I would have done it in hindsight the day of the accident. If I had the choice. So I, it was the best decision is what you're, what you're saying. Yeah. It, was, it was a good one. Yeah, it was. I I'm thrilled. I am absolutely thrilled. Yes. It hurts. It comes with, it comes with a host of other, <coughs> you know, things, you know, that you have to deal with, of course. Um, but I, I can run, I'm not great at it. Um, <laughs> I can't run very fast or very far. It seems
1: um, like you have a really good attitude even with, with all of these obstacles. You're talking about the infections and, Oh, it happened before. So did you, have you always been kind of like looking at the bright side of things or how did you,
2: <coughs> how did yeah. you
1: change that for yourself? Or have you always had that?
2: I would say I've, I've always had that to a degree. Um, I I've always been positive I I struggle around really negative people I to me it's it's and it's it has nothing to do with you know I I very candidly have suffered from depression anxiety but I also believe happiness um, is a choice I wake up every day and I choose to look on the bright side of of things. And sometimes it doesn't happen. Um, but most of the time I can, most of the time I can find that silver lining. Um, and that does come more naturally to me than it does to others. Um, but, and I'm not a Pollyanna. I don't, you know, that's kind of like old movie reference, but you know, I'm not like, everything's wonderful. Um, cause it's not, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, for the most part, I mean, you know, I've been through worse, um, and I am so happy to be able to just move freely. And I see the progress every day. Um, and this sounds so ridiculous because people are like, "Oh, I don't, I don't want to work. Like, I want to, I want to go play every day." Um, I I get to go work. I mean, I'm so excited about that because I never thought I'd be able to do that again. Um, you know, I never thought I would be able to drive a car again. Um, whether it be from just honestly fear and anxiety or simply because I, I wouldn't physically be able to. Um, and so, yeah, it really, it's, it's kind of a natural thing, Um, And it definitely has helped me. Um, But I do have to give credit to the people that surrounded me that would not let me kind of wallow in self-pity. They're like, you're fine. Like, go to physical therapy. You're fine. Like, just get up. (laughs) Okay, so speaking
0: of therapy, Maggie. Yeah. We are crazy pet people here. Mm -hmm. And I understand that you have a cutie, a couple cutie pups. Yeah. Uh, so talk to me about how they were there for you or have been there for you, you know, in your healing journey.
2: Uh, I am such an animal, crazy person. Like I just, the more animals, the better as far as I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> and it drives um, my boyfriend, Abram from Traverse City, absolutely bananas. Well it's um, fine. You
0: can move to our compound when we have one with all of the oh, pets. Oh, that
2: sounds that are- good. That okay. sounds great. I'm in. Um <laughs> and he would probably <laughs> agree. He'd be like, you can come to like, <laughs> He loves them. He's he's a really good sport about it. Um, so when I went back to college, um everybody had graduated that I knew really. Um and I had to live off campus because I needed accessible housing and it just was sad and I wanted a dog. I grew up with dogs, but I couldn't walk more than like, I don't know, 10 feet it felt like. And so I had never had a cat in my life and I didn't even think I liked them that much. I was very wrong. So I adopted two kittens and my dad hated cats. And so my mom and I kind of snuck to the Humane Society and adopted two of them. Love and, of course, the, the person that they took to the fastest, was it was my dad. So he's um, a cat person now, right? He totally is. So actually, when they had to put... It totally
0: ha- it. That's exactly what happens. People it are like, is. I don't like cats, but I like my cat. And I'm like, so, yeah, you like cats. I've yeah, exactly.
1: Heard- I've heard that when that cats gravitate towards people that don't like them because they kind of ignore them. And then they have to wear them down. Something
0: like that. Yeah, they're But that's how cats act. So yeah. if you try hard <laughs> around a the cat, they're like, Nope. But if yes. you are like, uh, no, I don't like you. They're like, you're my
2: best friend. That's exactly it. And yeah. that is why, yeah, that's how Abram got worn down. Um, and me just Love asking it. constantly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that doesn't help either. Um, so yeah, we, 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 my mom and I, <laughs> we went and adopted two kittens. Um, and I brought them to college with me. Um, okay. and their names were Monty, of course, after Montmorency cherries, cause obviously, Stop. Stop. um, <laughs> okay. and, um, the other one was Jimmy and he was named after the car that I crashed, which was a GMC Jimmy. Um, oh gosh, which you would think was weird, but it was the first car I bought myself and I loved it. And I was devastated more about the car than really like my limbs. Um, so yeah, so, and he's still, he's still kicking, you know, Jimmy is, he is 16 years old and he looks every bit of his age and he is still going strong. He's going to oh outlive God. everybody. Love him. Um, <laughs> uh in Monty passed away a few years ago. Um, and then I couldn't stand the house being so quiet. Um and uh so while Abram was traveling for work, <laughs> I'm I'm sensing a theme here. Yeah. So yeah, this has happened a couple of times. So this is um this is our second this would be our second dog. There's another story for the first one. Um, when he was traveling for work, I may have stopped at the Humane Society. Um, you never just stop at the Humane <laughs> yeah. Society. You go there on a mission. Yeah. You know yeah. With, with um, <laughs> well, in our other dog, I'm like, okay, I'm totally safe. Like, I'm not going to get another, I'm not going to get another cat. Um, because it was just too, it was too fresh. It was too fresh. Yeah. Monty was my baby. Um it was, it was too hard. So, and I'm like, well, our big dog doesn't like other dogs. So I'm in the clear. Well, except he likes really little dogs, but I didn't think I liked little dogs. Um, and you I wasn't think gonna... you like cats. Well, exactly. <laughs> That's the problem. Um, <laughs> and so, um, I'm, I found a Chihuahua, um, that was rescued. She was um, rescued from, a uh, puppy mill in Petaluma. She oh. was the last one left. She was terrified. She was cold. She was shaking in the back of the cage. Um, and I, I just took her out and she fell asleep in my arms and she I'm like, you. yeah, I'm like, okay, well she's mine now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I sent him a text. He was in a meeting, um, and he doesn't check his text either, but I figured it counted. Um, and I'm like,
1: if they don't reply, it's obvious. Yeah. I'm like, yes. well,
2: I told him. And I'm like, I'm going to need to know in the next hour if this is going to be a problem. I put a deposit down on a chihuahua. Um, <laughs> and he didn't reply. So I brought her home. Um, <laughs> I love this. And then he's like, and then I'm like, <laughs> he comes home and I'm like, well, there's a return policy if she doesn't get along with our dog. And he's like, Maggie you bought her like clothes and a bed and like I'm like yeah I, I did I did yeah we're not returning her by the way um, <laughs> but the best part is that um, she's basically his dog like I rescued her she's his dog um, so even though she's under a blanket with me right now so she's What's like her name? A, uh, her name is Penny she is a red fawn chihuahua And she is adorable and just, she's sassy, but she is very friendly. Um, And she was very submissive to our other dog, um, who I also may have um, (laughs) sort of conned Abram into getting. Um, He didn't really have pets growing up. And so I had to figure out a way to do this. Um, I found a beautiful black lab Rottweiler mix at the Humane Society again. <laughs> just because you, um, you were just looking, stopping by. Just looking. Yeah, just, I mean, I was just <laughs> looking, it was fine. Um, and I took a picture and I'm like, we should get this dog. And he's like, Maggie, we live in a condo in Minneapolis. We can't get a giant dog. <laughs> and I'm like, but he's crippled. Like I am, he has a bad left leg oh, and I have a bad left leg and what if they put him down? Like, how would you feel? Like, what if they put me down? Like, oh I mean, okay. So, so I like really, him,
0: you, I mean, there was like, absolutely no way he could be like, we're not. Yeah. I
2: I pulled out all the stops and he's you like, okay, him. we'll, we'll think about it. And then I sent the picture to his coworkers who are our best friends. And I'm like, can you work on him today? And. <laughs> And then we went in the next day and adopted him. (laughs) It had to be. And his name obviously was Lefty. Um, -hmm. bad left leg. His name was Lefty. Um, unfortunately, we lost him um about a week ago um to a heart condition. So um that's thank you, thank you. That was it was really hard. It still is really hard. Um, but I went and played with puppies yesterday. Good. Uh oh. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, uh, yeah. they're not going to be ready until after I'm back from Cherry Festival, so that's good. What what great timing. Uh, that's what I said. I'm like, I feel like this is meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm going to make Abram go play with them today. They're just right up the road from us, and we want a water dog, and it's the only dog that's a lab it's the only dog that was like laying in the pool and I'm like perfect look at all these signs I know I just yeah and so I am I yeah I am an animal lover through and through if I could just have all of them I would um my sister lives in Bend Oregon and has cattle And they were surprised with a calf the other day. They did not think any of their heifers were pregnant and they walk out into their field and there is a, there is a calf. And I, I fell in love with it. I'm like, you should keep it, like name it something adorable and just keep it.
1: (laughs) I was waiting for you to say that you were trying to talk your boyfriend into bringing the calf home.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did we lose you? Uh oh. We're having technical difficulties.
1: I just thought my joke fell flat.
2: <laughs> I was like, like, bye. Is
1: this my God? <laughs> Is this my God? Uh oh. Okay, it looks like we're having some technical difficulties, and we will try and get Maggie back. Um, if we can't, we will see Maggie during Cherry Festival. You can see her in the Festival of Races. And also, um, we wanted to get word out on the Varsity blood drive that was so important to Maggie as well and all of us, because you never know when you're going to need
0: yeah that and blood. They're saying, especially right now, because we're coming out of quarantine, that everybody's out and about and doing things. So actually, trauma numbers are up just because of, you know, natural things that happen in life. So blood donations are critical right now. So the uh, blood drive for varsity
1: is happening Wednesday, July 7th and July 8th. You can make an appointment. Walk-ins are welcome, but they prefer appointments. So go sign up. It just takes a few minutes of your time and it, and it saves a life. So the varsity bus will be on the hundred block of union street during those days. Please um, make the effort if you
0: can. It's just, it's a simple donation. It doesn't take long. You just look away. I never watch the blood come out of my arm and it, you know, it's, it, it's no cost. It's just, it's just a gift. And we'll also put the pets up. Yes. That Maggie
1: was talking about. We will put them in our pod pets. Yeah. Like so that. go
0: to the, our Instagram page, which is rocks. I can't remember. Help me out. <laughs> up,
1: north, um, up north, live.
0: Hi. Hi. We're also on Facebook. And then, of course, uh, if you enjoyed Maggie's story and you want to see uh, how many millions of pets she ends up with next. Um, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and we're dropping new episodes every Wednesday at 5 a.m. So thanks for uh, listening to the buzz with us. Bye. Bye.